Joshua chapter 4, verse 15 through 24. Then the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Command the priests who bear the ark of the testimony to come up from the Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, Come up from the Jordan. And it came to pass that when the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord had come from the midst of the Jordan, and the soles of the priest's feet touched the dry land, that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. Now the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. Then he spoke, to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you should let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Father God, we thank you for what we are about to receive. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Turn to your neighbor if you ain't scared of him. Amen. And say, neighbor, when God shows his hand. Oh, you turned to the wrong one. Turn to the one on the other side. They ain't gonna be, they ain't gonna look at you crazy. Say, neighbor, when God shows his hands. If you lose your memory, then you've lost your identity. And once you've lost your identity, that's when you begin to really forfeit your destiny. You can't know where you're going if you don't even know who you are. And if you don't know who you are, it's because you really don't know where you've come from. So history has a real sense of feeding our identity, and our identity has a way of actually shaping our destiny. There's a story that's told of a man by the name of Timothy Wayne Thomas, who was a successful businessman in Chicago. Timothy Wayne Thomas one day left his beautiful suburban neighborhood on his way to work, went downtown to his high-rise office complex, put in a full day's work. Upon leaving work, he was in the midst of the parking garage, and in the parking garage, he encountered some, some thugs, if you will, who robbed Timothy Wayne and beat him almost unconscious and left him particularly on the floor of that parking garage half dead when they they took from him they stole things of personal value to Timothy Wayne Thomas it was a innocent bystander a lady if you will who was a janitor a custodial working worker who was fulfilling her shift getting ready to leave as well and saw Timothy Wayne laying on the floor 
of this parking garage. She was trying to arouse him and talk to her, but what she did not understand and what he didn't realize, what he, he had been beaten so severely that he had developed a severe case of amnesia. In trying to find out more about Timothy Wayne Thomas, he, he could not give her any adequate information. So what she ended up doing was taking Timothy Wayne home to care for him and to nurse him back to health and to strength once again. But through a television report, a missing person's report here, the, his wife had been looking for him and put out a report about him missing and when she discovered that he had been missing she decided to take Timothy Wayne to his house and return him to his family but when Timothy Wayne got to his house he, he did not understand that he had a wife and he did not understand that he had a daughter he did not understand that this was his house as a matter of fact it broke his wife's heart because Timothy Wayne wanted to leave the house that he rightfully belonged to and go back to the woman, the stranger who had took him in. He had developed a severe case of amnesia and I maintain today that there are so many children of God who have developed a severe case of amnesia that you don't know who you are, don't know where you came from and have no sense of where it is you're supposed to be doing. Can I give you the symptoms of an amnesiac? Here is Timothy Wayne. He did not know his name and he did not know who he was because when they robbed him they stole his wallet and stole his identity. I maintain that there are some children of God who are sitting looking back at me right now who you don't know who you are because the devil has stolen your identity. You have forgotten that you are a child of God. You've forgotten that you are a child of the king and so because you have forgotten who you are you are starting to look and act like Timothy Wayne. Another thing Timothy Wayne did was he started acting out of character. Here it was that he went and settled into living in a house of a woman that he did not know. He forgot he had a wife and forgot he had a child. Forgot he lived in a suburban neighborhood. This woman that took him in didn't live in a exclusive neighborhood. She lived on the other side of the track in a low class neighborhood but when you forget who you are and where you came from you will settle for a second class existence when the Lord has given you an upper class existence. He forgot that I'm just giving you the symptoms of an amnesiac. He forgot that he had a wife. He, he forgot that he had a child and I maintain that there are some children of God, some men of God. Don't get mad at me but you forgot that you had a wife and forgot that you had a child and now you're trying to settle in and living a lie, a life that is not yours to live simply because you have forgotten who you are.
I know, I know y'all don't like it. Just hang in here with me. He, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. He's, he, he's, his wife is heartbroken. She's heartbroken because he doesn't know her. He doesn't recognize her. And so after time, after time, after time, she's trying, trying her best to remind him of who he really is. Remind him of the life that he had built with her. Remind him of the house that they had lived in. Remind him of the daughter that he had had they possessed together and so one day he was sitting in his favorite chair and he didn't really know that it was his favorite chair and she said baby I know that you don't remember me I know you don't remember this house and I know you don't remember our child but she said what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna love your memory back and so what she started doing she started reaching down behind him and started massaging his shoulders and as she began to massage his shoulders he had what psychologists call the aha moment of awareness because as she's reaching over him massaging his shoulders he starts to see her hands and then when he looked more closely he started to recognize those hands he said oh yeah I've seen them hands before I remember putting a ring on those hands I remember holding those hands for long walks in the park I remember taking care of the woman whose hand they possessed and what was it that triggered his memory it was her hands all oh, I'm trying to tell you today that if you don't spend some time with the Lord if you don't walk with the Lord at any point in your life somewhere along the way the Lord has showed you his hands somewhere along the way he's demonstrated the power of his hands and so if you can just come to grips with who you are you will come to grips with who he is now just pray with me just pray with me just pray with me his hands has done something miraculously in all of our lives his hands has reached us into some dark places and lifted us up his hands has been available to be our strength his hands has dried our tears in the midnight hour his hands has consoled us when our hearts was broken and when God shows you his hands he shows you the very best of himself so if you ain't sleep, I know what you're saying. Come on, preacher, show me his hands so we can get up out of here. So let me show you his hands because I want you to watch what his hands does. Because when God shows you his hands, God says, I want you to set up some stones. He said, I want you to set up some rocks. I want you to set up some markers. I want you to set up some memorial that's going to remind you in the future of what I've done for you in your past. So no matter what you face in your future, you'll know that my present tense uh, help is still available for you to help you through any and all and every situation. All I got to do is just show you my hand because when I show you my hand, I show you my power. And if you understand my power, you understand that there is nothing that I can't do. So here's his hands. Why does he show it to you? Well, here's why God does it. God shows you his hands because you need to know and understand that the only way to say hello to tomorrow's blessings is that you got to learn to say goodbye to yesterday's bondage. The only way you can say hello to the blessings that God has for you tomorrow, you got to learn to say goodbye to yesterday's bondage. 
See, watch this. The God who had opened up the Jordan before them, once they crossed to the other side, he closed it behind them. God, why are you closing the, 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 the Jordan behind them? God said, I got to close the access way off to where you just came from because God says some of you ain't got sense to know that when I close it, I close it for a reason because I need you to say goodbye to yesterday's bondage so you can say hello to tomorrow. Okay, y'all ain't playing with me. See, there's a reason that they your ex. There's a reason you don't date her no more. There's a reason that she's not in your life. There's a reason that God dismissed him out of your life. God said everybody is not fit for you to take along on this journey that I'm taking you on. So God says sometimes you got to get to rejoicing to the sound of some people walking away from you out there like, oh, y'all ain't praying with me all today. He said, I got to close the access way behind them because on the other side of the Jordan where they came from was a wilderness and God said there are some of y'all who have spent too much time in the wilderness that you done develop wilderness ways. Oh y'all ain't praying with me today. See, 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 he, he, when, when I go to the movies, when I go to the movies, I go to the matinee. Cause my mama didn't raise no fool. It don't make sense to go at night and play 1850 for a same movie that I can see in the daytime for half the price. Oh, maybe I don't go to the matinee, but, but, but here's the problem. When I go to the matinee, I'm sitting in the dark for so long that when the movie is over and when I step out into the light my eyes cannot handle the light because I've been conformed to the darkness say amen when you can some of y'all done hung out in the jungle for so long that you done got used to your jungle relationships so that when the Lord brings some light your way you can't handle the light that the Lord brings you because you're being in the dark for too long Listen, listen, listen. God, God, God said, I got to close the access way. You ain't going back to where I brought you from. I got to close the access way because if I don't close it, some of y'all are going to keep looking back and seeing it and it's going to start looking good to you that you can't recognize that what God has before you is better and where you're going to is better than where you've been. Oh, See, a spiritual amnesia is when you don't know where you come from, then you can't know who you are, then you have no clue where it is that where you're supposed to be going. So in a real sense, in a real sense, you have no awareness of your history. And if you have no awareness of your history, then you have no clue of your identity. And so God said, this is what's happening with the people in the text. The people of God are about to enter into their destiny. They're about to enter into the promised land. And God says in chapter 3 that I got to start showing my stuff because God delights in showing out 
and showing off and showing up. God says, bring those folk down to the Jordan River. And God says, when you bring them down to the Jordan River, I want you to watch me work my stuff now. He said, if you bring them down there, then I'm going to do the miraculous. And he says, if you got enough faith to get your feet wet, then your faith is going to demonstrate my power. And if you got faith to get your feet wet, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you over on dry land. See, sometimes we say we waiting on God, but then a lot of times God said, I'm waiting on you. And God says, when you move, I'll move. And I can't move until you move because when you draw nigh unto me, I am returned. We'll draw nigh unto you. He specializes in making a way out of no way. He said, I'm going to take you across on, on dry land. And if you want to move forward, then he said, you got to be willing to get your feet wet. And, and Because if you don't have that faith, I can't demonstrate my power. So God says to Joshua, before you get all the way across the Jordan, before you get all the way to the other side, I want you to go to the middle of the way from where I just made a way. And I want you to get 12 stones. And I want you to take these stones into Gilgal that's halfway between the Jordan where you are right now and the Jericho where you're going he said take these stones into Gilgal and set these stones up as a memorial as a reminder of what I've done because later on your kids gonna be coming and they're gonna look at these rocks and they're gonna say what's up with these stones and these rocks are gonna be a rocky reminder to take your mind back down memory lane and show you what I've already done in your life because if I did it before I once again can do it again set them up as a reminder to show them what I've done in your life that they may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty Listen, listen, the text says, the text says and shows us that shows us that God wants to show his hand, but sometimes God shall, can't show his hand because we're not ready to see the hands that God wants to show. And if you want to make history, then you have to first be conscious of his story in your history. I left y'all hanging about Timothy Wayne Thomas there, but let me give you the rest of, uh, of the story. Uh, he, he wanted to go back to his wife and his wife went over to where, where he was. Was and, and, and started seeing how it was that she was trying to love his memory back and he wasn't really able to understand the love that she was trying to give but through her display of not giving up on him he was able then now to be able to be witnesses of what she, she was able to do in his life that's like the Lord is trying to say I need somebody to be a witness of what I'm able to do so set up these rocks so they can be a reminder of my power. What he said, take them and set them up in Gilgal. Well, what is Gilgal? Gilgal is halfway between the Jericho where you are and the Jordan where uh, the Jordan where you're going and the Jericho, the Jericho where you're going and the Jordan where you are right now. He says, set those rocks up in Gilgal. But what does Gilgal mean? Gilgal means that thy reproach has been taken away. Maybe they don't get you. Gilgal means that all of your mess has now been cleaned up. Uh, maybe that didn't get you. Gilgal.
child means that you done messed up your first chance, your second chance, your third chance, your fourth chance. But Gilgal said, I'm still going to give you another chance. God is saying what's behind you is behind you and I'll never bring it back up in front of it. I like God does like that because that's some stuff that I got behind me. I don't ever want it brought back up before me. And God said, when I wipe your slate clean, I wipe your slate clean, I'll never hold what you did again. Aren't you glad that God don't do us like we do one another? We keep records of wrong. We keep tallies of wrong. We keep want to bring up somebody's fault every time they say it. The wrong thing thought, the wrong thing did, the wrong thing hurt my feeling. God said, when I wipe it out, it's wiped out. I clean up all your mess. See, that makes me want to shout because I need Gilgal power in my life every now and then. And the text lets us know that once God makes a way, then what God does is he points the way. And there's only one way, which is his way. And he says, go forward with no U-terms. Hmm. Y'all remember the story? Heard the story of the bugle boy who was hired to accompany the team, the, uh, the, the, the brigade into battle. And, and as they start losing the battle, the commander of the brigade said, bugle boy said, we're losing the battle. I need you to sound retreat. Bugle boy said, I can't play retreat. He said, did you hear what I said? I said, we're losing the battle. I need you to sound retreat. Bugle boy said, can't play retreat. He said, aren't you a bugle boy? Yeah, I'm a bugle boy. He said, I need you to sound retreat. He said, I can't sound retreat. Well, why can't you sound retreat? He said, because my master never taught me how to play retreat. He said, well, what can you do? He said, I can play what I know. He said, we're losing, so play what you know. The bugle boy said, you want me to play what I know? Yeah, play what you know. You sure you want me to play what I know? Yes, play what you know. Are you certain you want me to play what I know? Yeah, play what you know. Little boy grabbed his bugle, got him a good breath of air, put that horn to his mouth, tilted his head and said, da 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 forward, march. See, when you don't know retreat, you don't know how to go backward. The only way you know how to go is forward. You ain't turning around. You ain't backing up. You going forward because the Lord said no U-turns. See, when I keep, when I go forward, I go forward with my eyes focused on what's in front of me. Not concentrating on what's behind me. See, a, a lot of us, we're so busy glancing where we should be gazing and gazing where we should be glancing. See, I don't know about y'all car, but, but, but on my vehicle, I got a big old windshield, I got a little rear view mirror, and I got two side mirrors. I don't know how they made your car, but that's how my car is made. My windshield is real big, but my rear view mirror is real small. And God says, 
I need you to focus on what's in front of you and not on what's behind you. So when I'm driving in my car, I don't gaze in into my rearview mirror. I gaze out of my front windshield because my focus is on where I'm going and not on where I've been. And that's why every now and then you look in that small rearview mirror to give you a glance to thank God of what you left behind. I wish I had some help in here today. You, everybody ain't fit to ride with you on this journey. Everybody don't need to be your friend on Facebook. You don't need to be hitting everybody up on Twitter. Everybody don't need to be. The Lord will show you who to take and the Lord will show you who to leave. And when he tells you who to lead, don't get mad at God. Just keep going forward with no U-turn because you're going in his direction. You're following his spirit. You're under his control. And your focus is on what you're going to and not so much on what you left behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, see, we got to quit trying to dwell in spaces and places that the Lord has told us to leave. God says, when I beckon you, I'm beckoning you to follow me and keep going forward with me. Because if we done told Satan to get behind us, then if you turn around and go back, then you're going right into the grasp of the enemy. And so you got to keep going forward with your eyes fixed, your mind concentrated on the one who's beckoning you to go forward. I don't, I don't, I don't care what's in your background. Keep going forward. But somebody may say, well, preacher, preacher, you don't know what I've been through. You're right. I don't know what you've been through. But the, the, the Bible says forward march. Well, you may say, well, preacher, preacher, I done been through a divorce. I don't care how long you've been divorced. Forward march. Well, preacher, I used to be an alcoholic. I don't care how much you drank. Forward march. Well, preacher, I used to be on drugs. Well, don't you know that the operative word is used to? I don't care how much you smoke. Forward march. Well, I've been in jail. Yeah, I done been through that too. Forward march. Forward march. Forward march. Forward March forward, march. I ain't going backwards. Forward, march. My eyes is fixed on Jesus. Forward, march. I'm going forward with no U-turns. No U-turns. Because God says I still, I still can use you. Use you. God says once I show you my hands, you got, you got to know to set up some stones because the stones say. Go forward, go forward. But every now and then, you got to look back to remind you of what you left. Every now and then, you got to look back so you can see the progress that you made. Every now and then, you got to set up these rocks as a reminder to know that it's past tense power is still available for your present tense problems. Set up some rocks. Why? Because your kids going to come along. And they're going to ask you what these rocks mean. Yeah. And when they ask you, 
Don't get beside yourself and start talking about you had to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. No, you ain't had no boots. You ain't had no straps. It ain't nothing but the Lord of God and favor on your life that you have what you have. Some of y'all living in houses that you need to write your mom and daddy's name on or your grandmama's name on or your granddaddy's name on. It's just they didn't live long enough to enjoy it and God had bequeathed it over to you. Set up some rocks as a memorial because your kids it's going to come along and going to say mama how in the world did you get this job when you didn't even have the degree for you mama and daddy how did you put all of us through college with the salary that y'all made how did you live in the house that we lived in when we didn't have enough money to really live there and when they start asking you those questions you can be honest with them and say I don't know how but I show no who and the who I know has always took care of the how. I didn't know how he was going to do it, but I'm so glad that he did it. I didn't know when he was going to show up, but I knew who was going to show up. And every time I called on who, who never let me down, set up your remorse. Set up your rocks. Set up them so they may know and be able to understand that these rocks are a memorial. To what God is able to do before and what he's still able to do again. But then when you get down to verse number 23, <coughs> say, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. That all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord that is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. God is into encores. He who is eternal is into encores. See, God had made a way before at the Red Sea. What happened at the Red Sea when God made a way, somebody started clapping and giving God a standing ovation for what he had just did. And now they're at the Jordan River and God says, I hear somebody is still praising me for what I've already done at the Red Sea. And so because they appreciated what I did at the Red Sea, he said, I'm going to come out one more again at the Jordan River and give the people now an encore because God delights in encores. Have you ever gone don't get holy on me. To a concert of one of your favorite entertainers. And after the show was over and they told you that this was their last song, you didn't have enough because you done paid your $18 sitting in the nosebleed section. And you're sitting there clapping and clapping and you want to get all your money's worth. And so, 
you start saying encore, 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 encore. And other folks start hearing you and then they start saying encore, encore, encore. And then the whole crowd starts saying encore, encore, encore. And your favorite entertainer is behind the curtain and they're listening to the appreciation of what you had for what they did for an hour and a half at the concert because they enjoy the praises that you are giving they step behind from behind the curtain and they give you a little bit more by giving you an encore God said at the Red Sea I showed the children of Israel my stuff at the Red Sea I showed them my power at the Red Sea. I walked them across on dry land and now here they are at the Jordan River and remembering what I've done and they praising me for what I already had done that I'm going to come out one more again and give my people an encore. Why would you do it? So that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord that it is mighty and that they'll be able to fear God forever. Listen the power of a thing is not in a thing. The power of a thing is only powerful when it's in the right hands. See if you want some show no poetry then you take a pen and you put it in the hands of Maya Angelou because it all depends on whose hands it's in. If you want over 450 peanuts product products from one single peanut, you take that one peanut and you put it in the hands of George Washington Carver because it all depends on whose hands it's in. If you want a beautiful painting like the Sistine Chapel, then you take a paintbrush and you put it in the hand of Michelangelo because it all depends on whose hands it's in. If you want the best in neurosurgery, then you take a scalpel and you put it in the hands of Ben Carson because it all depends on whose hands it's in. If you want six NBA championships, eight scoring titles, you take the basketball and you put it in the hands of Michael Jordan because it all depends on whose hands it's in. But if you want salvation and if you want justification, if you want mercy, you take some nails and you put them in the hands of Jesus and you stretch him high and you stretch him wide because it all depends on whose hands it's in. And if you would just be willing to put your life in the hand of Jesus, he makes all the difference. Listen. Listen. I'm trying to slow my heart down. When I was young, I loved comic books. Love. My favorite comic book hero was Spider-Man. Yeah. Right. I ain't like that little red blue suit he had on. 
but I like Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man was cool to me because he could flip out a well psh, and swing from one building to another. Spider was cool because he could hang from upside down and look down on everything else that was underneath him. Spidey was like that. And every time I would read my comic book, there would always be a villain to enter into the story. Every time. So me, with my impatient self, needed to know if my hero was going to come out all right. So what I would do is I would take the comic book and flip it to the end of the story. And when I flipped it to the end of the story, I see that Spidey came out all right. So what I can do now is go back and read the story with confidence because I already knew how the end was going to be. Whenever life starts getting hard on you, whenever it starts getting rough on you, just pick up your book, flip to the end of the story, read the book of Revelation. You'll see we come out all right and you can go back and live your life with confidence because you already know how the end's gonna be. I'm trying to help somebody today. I know you're struggling. I know you wanna back up. This ain't no time to back up. God says keep going forward. Keep your eyes fixed. Keep them fixed on him. Because if he's leading, to, leading the way, he will never lead you wrong. And he'll never lead you astray. And he shows you his hands along the way so that you may know that our God has power for any and every situation. The thing is, do you trust him and his power? Or do you trust you? and your limited ability. Stand on your feet. It's decision time. Somebody need to see his hands today. You need to know his hands were scarred. His hands were pricked. His hands were nailed for your sins and mine. God sent him all the way here from glory to live a life free of sin, but eventually go to the cross and give up that life so that you and I can have life. You got to believe with every fiber of your being that God does what he says he'll do and he means what he says believe that he sent him, believe that he died, believe that he buried, believe that he wrote, believe now that he's seated at God's right hand to make intercession for those of us who come to him be willing to repent of your sins, stop living the way you want to live and live the way the Lord is calling you to live, confessing, yeah, acknowledge that he is the son of God but also acknowledge that he has the power to do what he said he'll do identify with him by going down in the watery grave of baptism having all of your sins washed away coming up out a new creature so that you can be able to walk in the newness of life if you're already on the Lord's side but you've been struggling you've been concentrating on going back instead of going forward you, you, you're taking your eye off the main objective which is to follow him and his lead you're 
buying into the devil and his schemes. Don't you know that the devil is the counterfeit God of perfect time and he waits for just the right time to do the thing that's going to cause the most hell in your life. But I got to remind you, if you want to know how big you're going to be blessed and the size of the blessing that you're going to get, just look at the hell that you're going through because the size of your blessings is attached to the hell that you're being, going through in the midst of your lives. And if you tell yourself, it ain't going to always be like this. I'm going to make it through this thing. Yeah, I'm crying right now, but I ain't going to always be crying. I'm broken right now, but I ain't going to always be broken. I'm down right now, but I ain't going to always be down. I'm going to be able to get picked up by the Lord's hand, by his grace, by his mercy. I'm going to trust him because he's trustworthy. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on him because he's leading me to where he desires for me to be. And I'm going to take him at his word. He's proved to me that his hands are mighty. If you need prayer today, we'll pray with you and for you that God's will will be done in your life. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what you're grappling with. I don't know what your issues are, but I know we all got them. And I know that the one who's able to help you through them, because if he helped me, I know that he can help you as well. He's available. He's a very present help in the times of your difficulty and struggles and trouble. He's ready right now to give you what you need to be a spiritual success story if you would be willing to follow him. See this.